From Capybara Media, this is You're Gonna Be Great, the self-care podcast that supports you through life's ups and downs with real mental health and wellness conversations delivered via pop culture. Here's your host, M. Elizabeth Evans. Hello, everyone. I'm M. Elizabeth Evans, and welcome to the show. And today we have Alex Davis and Cynthia Loveland to chat about the ACOTAR series, A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. Hey, everyone. Mm. Welcome, ladies. <laughs> Those Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Those books. The books your mom reads. And- you know, I'm glad we're making this. <laughs> I'm glad we're making this podcast because nobody is talking about this. Somebody's Absolutely nobody. This. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's ever heard of these books. They are not at all popular. Let's enlighten the world. Um, and we're going to talk about Akatar and the magical way that it brings chronically depressed friends together. Hello. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Misty, how did you discover Akatar? Because I know how we discovered it. Yes. Um, well, I discovered it. Well, actually, two years ago, my sister told me to read it when I was talking with her about writing sex scenes for my own book. And I was like, yeah, I'm not into like fairy smut. I'm probably not going to read those. And um, I didn't. And then I was at brunch and Alex was actually there. Mm-hmm. And, and I did of... not have nice things to say about it. <laughs> no, she did not. And um, all of these babes were like, "You, if you're into like vampire books and other books, then you should definitely read these. And I was like, hey, ho-hum. And then um, Nicole like opened my phone and pulled it up on my phone. And I had an Audible credit audible sponsor this and I was like okay fine I'm committed now and I bought the book and then got super into them like as they went on like I was like book one yay then book two like holy fuck a book three like I was sold for a Christmas special five boom and now I'm just like a huge Sarah J Mouse fan mm-hmm. and then Cynthia and then uh Misty you forced me to listen to you told me you're not gonna be my friend anymore <laughs> no, but you, I had the same reaction I'm like it's it's just not my kind of book I'm not really if you look at my goodreads this year has been an anomaly <laughs> of awesomeness but I did it to be nice uh-huh. and I I actually really started enjoying just chatting about um everything that was happening in the books and and like omg did you read this scene yet and um all of that it was it actually turned out to be a lot of fun yeah. And then Alex was still hesitant at mm. the Halloween party. Oh, yeah. That wasn't that long ago. Oh, my God, because <laughs> our mutual friend, Rochelle, was like, come to Misty's Halloween party. It'll be fun. And I was like, should I dress up? And she's like, yeah, just be whatever you want. And I show up and everybody is dressed as a character from the book, except for me. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I downloaded it that night. <laughs> You don't want, you didn't want to get left out anymore. Yes. I was like, I'm tired of being bullied. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, my son was dressed as something and everybody just assumed he was resand. So he's just like, I'm going to go with it. Yeah. I mean, cause he was Faye and like, yeah. And wearing all black, it would make sense. And and he's a babe. So yeah. Um, Yeah. And then Alex texted me and she was like, I am finally doing it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm finally listening to the book. And then I just waited until she was far enough along to just start bombarding her with memes. Every hour she was like, what chapter are you on? What (laughs) chapter? (laughs) And if I didn't respond, she would just text again and again until I answered. (laughs) I'm like, Alex, do you, did you feel the need to, 
Alex, did you feel the need to text Misty though? Whenever something weird happened just to do yeah. like a gut check, like, is this, is this the series you wanted me to read? Yes, definitely. I texted her every thought I had while I was reading it. <laughs> it was, it's so much fun though. And like, and like we were all talking about, well, Alex and I were talking about it before we hopped on and you and I have talked about it before. I got introduced to this series when I was like really not in a good place, like post COVID just really been struggling with depression really bad and just social anxiety. And it's just been like kind of a mess and got on the Prozac and all the things like doing all the things. And, um, and then I like started listening to the books and then was connecting with this like Akatar group of the babes who um, introduced me to the book. And it was like really fun. Like I felt like I was pulled into this social thing again. And then Cynthia, you started reading them. And like, we started talking every single day about these books. I would say for, for us, like we kind of, you know, we hung out a lot before the pandemic, we hung out on a weekly basis Yeah. and the pandemic came on it along and that didn't happen as much. So we kind of grew apart a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think listening to Akatar together, it it really gave us something. I I mean, we, we still talk about other stuff, but it, it gave us something just kind of um, extra to talk about. Uh, and positive. Yeah. Like something positive. Cause like life is hard and like you get stuck in those kind of like trauma bonding, like yeah. negative, mm-hmm. you know, like talk cycles with your friend, friends. And, um, and it's like something positive and fun and the same with Alex. I mean, Alex and I, you know, Alex is, um, she does like stand up and she's funny. And so we've been talking about her comedy and stuff. I paid her to say that. On she the did. Paid me. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, highlight that part in the trailer. Paid me. Um, but, you know, so we were chatting a little bit about that, but it's been super fun to like talk about books mm-hmm. and like have yeah. something to text her about and send her silly memes about. And it's yeah. been really fun. And I've loved every second. And like, I also think like, um, as far as like, us all like having that in common to read um the Akatar series I think we came out of a place of like isolation with like our depression but also the pandemic and everything mm-hmm. and nothing was really relatable from human to human anymore because it was like we all just kind of did our own thing mm-hmm. and so like catch up was a lot different and to have something like that we like a subject that we can all like connect on again that's great too oh uh, and we just connected over phase with a giant wingspan I mean I mean yeah giant wingspans giant wingspans coming up folks is an episode just talking about <laughs> sex scenes wingspan guitar because paint, paint and wingspan paint wingspan to the hilt all of it like it's the, that episode i feel like we should we should definitely record that yeah um but yeah i agree it's it's been really hard for people to reconnect and like for a lot of reasons like i think that like for me i forgot that I could connect with my friends or I just got so used to being by myself. It Mm -hmm. didn't occur to me, or I wasn't sure like where I sat with some of my friends, even though we've been friends for years. Like I was like, do they want to hang out? Like we haven't talked for two years very much. And like, so it's just been like a really, yeah, like a good solid way to like be social again and Mm -hmm. have something positive and fun to do and there's endless things to talk about with these books because they go on forever right and they live in our minds and our bedrooms forever (laughs) (laughs) and there's so many good memes (laughs) like there are endless good memes 
I think every TikTok I've gotten from Misty for the past couple of months has been. Yes, <laughs> I was just going to say that. It's been, and they've been so good. Like I'll watch them over and over again and just like, I get it. I get the joke. I'm inside the joke now. <laughs> I'm inside. I've been brought in. <laughs> I think it's funny that my son hasn't read the books, but knows the characters almost as well as everybody else because he hears us talking about them all the time. Oh, 100%. That's awesome. Yeah. He'll be like behind Cynthia and he's like, are we talking about resand? <laughs> Is this resand? And I'm like, yes, it's shadow daddy. Shadow daddy. I feel like advocating for anyone out there listening who's like struggling or having a hard time to like pick up the books, mm-hmm. this series, any series, and like just start obnoxiously texting your friends about them. It helps if they're into it. Yeah. But, and you know, if they're not into it, there are groups out there who would love to talk to somebody else about it. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I've like tried to get my mom and my sisters to like read them. Like, I mean, I'm, it's like that, like you read them and you're like, everybody has to read them. So you just like spread it. But mm-hmm. I, um, I have my mom, my mom's listening to the first one and my little sister, my little sister actually read the other series, Throne of Glass. Uh-huh. And so she was like, if you read that one, then I'll read the other one. Oh, nice. So that's been fun. But yeah, the- Missy and I are doing Throne of Glass right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I'm on the third book of Throne of Glass. Oh, same. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. I need to get yeah. your phone number. Yeah, should we start a group? Yeah, we, yeah, we should start a group chat. Okay, we'll do it after this. I um, my See, sister- look, this podcast just brought it other people together. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. So powerful. Building friendships. We can start a podcast group chat for everybody who wants yeah. for, in Instagram for anybody who wants yeah. to in and start their their wingspan journey. Wingspan journey. Get your tape measures out. God, wingspan. That I told one. my mom to read the series before I had read the what is it, the fifth book? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, mom. Maybe not. Tell the Christmas special and then we're done. Yeah, it ends at the at the fourth one. Yeah, there's four books, mom. Alex's mom. You're yeah, listening. I know other people will say books. there's more, but they're lying. Are those? Um, so my stepmom, I told her I was reading Fairy Smut. So she knows about the books from me. She hasn't read them. But she she has a clothing company um, and she was in Vegas, like doing a show and a mom and her daughter were talking about this very smut they were reading that was really racy. And my stepmom was like, is it a, a court of thorns and roses? And they were like, yeah, how did you know? And she's like, oh, God, my daughter, like she was talking about it, Oliver um and which I think is brilliant like that the book travels so far yeah and that's our dog everybody sorry he's not really coming through so oh good wimpy bark wimpy bark go all over so I I think the reason that these books because it could have been any book right we could have read any book together and discussed it and that would have been something that brought us together but I think one of the reasons the Akatar series did that so well is because it just plays on emotions really well, like good and bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, happy feelings, kind of disgusted feelings, erotic feelings. <laughs> it's true. And, and it I think, Oh, what? Sorry. Sorry. It just brings it all out of you, I guess. No, I agree. And it's a lot of it is like based on like friendships and like these wonderful mm-hmm. friendships. And like we were talking about last night, Cynthia, there's a lot of strong themes of isolation and like feeling alone in, in masses books in general. 
And so I think it you identify with that like feeling of, you know, these characters who are uh, like feeling alone and like, trying to, you know, find a way to fill that void. And um, and then there's these amazing friendships and there's like sex and fantasy. It's like perfect escapism mm-hmm. while like feeling really authentic and true to life mm-hmm. at the same time. And also like just reading about like the main character, how she's like isolated and alone and she's like taking care of her family but she can be a whole ass badass yeah at the same time and it like makes you feel like oh okay like I could I could do that like I can I can come out of this you know like push through hard times and come out on yeah like we can do hard things yeah Yeah. it is a really good survival story Mm -hmm. like the first book and the second book you know there's a lot of overcoming trauma in mm-hmm. these books like mass does a great job of talking about ptsd mm-hmm. in in i felt in the, this series and also in crescent city and i'm guessing also <laughs> throwing yeah. up glass which mm-hmm. i i just started so yeah and it's like it's gentle enough that it's not like triggering triggering yeah Yeah. like it's gentle enough to like be familiar with the story but not be like I'm not reading this oh my god it's too hard like it's it's it is really gentle yeah very let's let's talk about the consent which I think as female readers we (laughs) notice and appreciate yeah the Mm -hmm. the bat boys yeah I mean everybody's in all of her books everybody's always asking for consent I just like, I love that she's breaking like a lot of the rapey tropes that are in fantasy yeah. in general. Like she has a good understanding of her audience because mm-hmm. I know like a lot of young girls read this too. Mm-hmm. And so it's really like, this is how it's supposed to be. Like, it's always consent. It's always like something that you choose and not something that happens to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think like really important for like, especially a series that's so well known. Yeah. And like, I, oh, there's like, I want to say it, but I also don't want to like, spoil anything yeah if you haven't read the books like earmuffs for a second um folks um but like resounds whole storyline right like where there was abuse you Mm -hmm. know where he was abused um I also felt like she handled that really well like Mm -hmm. it wasn't she wasn't too much like to where it was hard to read um but she dealt with it in a really authentic way like in terms of like his ptsd like mm-hmm. coming out the other side and stuff and like that great scene where he's like kneeling on the bed oh, like yeah. having nightmares like, she handled it so well yeah and it's also i think something that i at least i haven't like come across in um literature or even in like a lot of the tv shows and stuff that i watch but like the fact that um the characters that like the male characters that have been in like a situation of abuse they're free to express feelings Mm -hmm. and there's space for that like for a man to like feel his feelings yeah and And it's valid yeah totally that's so true yeah because yeah you're usually like even in like tv shows like stranger things there's like a lot of child abuse in stranger things but she's just like oh moving forward like nothing like brush it off yeah push it down push it down no everything and like um just in like all the, also the witcher like mm. you know the kids are you know essentially abused to become witchers and mm-hmm. he's like oh that was tough when yeah. they but here we are yeah but here anyway. we are now I'm a badass yeah. and like let's not talk about it and so yeah I love I love that that's such a good point she does give them space for that and I think this is so years ago, I wrote a paper um for like the Pippi to Ripley conference um about women in in any kind of, you know, movies, books, I think we have the right to write whatever we want to write. Like we don't, we shouldn't be beholden to any 
you know, whatever tropes or stereotypes or whatever society thinks we should write. But I think when you're writing for young adults, you do have a responsibility. You do have to understand that, that they're very impressionable and that you're kind of showing them the way things be. So when you, the way things should be. So when you write about like an 80 year old vampire, (laughs) just pulling this out of nowhere, (laughs) so in love with a young girl that he can't help but hurt her all the time. I, I think that sends a message and this is sending that that opposite message that it's okay to, you know, be in a bad place. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be a little bit insecure, but it is not okay to just follow some dude around because he's super hot and way older than you. Yeah. Are we talking about a certain old vampire posing as a high school student? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> may or may not sparkle. In the <laughs> but maybe yeah. a little bit. But there, I mean, there are other ones too, like even in, in the Hunger Games, I mean, her big uh, superpower was that she could get dressed up and look really pretty. And I love that, you know, we, we need more Hermione's, we need more Meg Murray's, we need more of these female leads who are important because they're smart, not just because they're hot. No, I love that all of the characters are three-dimensional. You don't see a lot of that. Like, you know, the, the male characters are like badass and like just awesome mm-hmm. and gentle and kind at the same time mm-hmm. and you just don't see a lot of that um you know and the same with the women like i love that farah is gentle and and she's kind and she's strong and determined mm-hmm. and just but also like she's very vulnerable and you don't see that you see a lot of like fuck you, you know, tough female characters or characters, you know, going back to the 80 year old vampire with the teenage girl um, film slash books we might or may not be talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, She's like so insecure, like cannot just like function. That's like her whole personality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think it's, but I think it's okay to be all of those things, like to be insecure and vulnerable at any age and to also, you know, in moments be really strong and like powerful. And Mm -hmm. so I just think it sends a message that you can be everything and you don't have to have to be, you know, a stereotype. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, take Nesta. Nesta's a hot mess. And she's falling downstairs. She's like (laughs) Nesta is my favorite. Mm But, you know, it's nice to know that hot messes can find love as well. I mean, that, that's bringing me hope. Also, also spoiler alert, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's true. And I thought her redemption story was beautiful. Yeah. I, I think that my fifth or the fifth book is probably my favorite in the entire series, not just because of the throbbing cock. <laughs> <laughs> not just that. I mean, but like also it because- didn't hurt, but yeah but like also actually it might have hurt a little bit I'm just saying it probably did but it was probably a fun hurt a consensual hurt for sure yeah but like I um I really loved Nesta's like story um and like spoiler but I love how she like banded like the other women together that have been through so much and like just showing her like showing her friends and like showing herself that like like women can protect other women and yeah. like, we don't need men to do anything for us yeah and in fact there's not a lot of like men being saved or men being saviors in Akatar. Mm-hmm. 
It's a lot of the time it's the just women. Get through the first book. Yeah, just get through the first book. And then a lot of the themes are like women almost too much actually. Cynthia and I have, have talked about it where you should be, you know, it, it would be ideal if the women could save themselves and be strong without the men kind of needing to fall into the background. Cause you do see that a little bit with Resand. He kind of mm-hmm. almost disappears. So Feyre can, you know, you know, emerge yeah. the like strong, powerful um lead that she is, but it's um, but you don't see a lot of after the first book of men stepping in to like save the day, mm-hmm. which I really, really like a lot. Yeah. I something happened for me in the series, and I won't spoil it by saying like who it is, but I read a lot of like fantasy books, not so much like the like romance, like sexual fantasy books, but like I read like Wheel of Time and like um Mistborn series and like that kind of stuff. And there hasn't ever really been any like like LGBTQ themes at all in yeah. in those books. And so like when when the person in this book says who she is, it was like really it was like a, a strange feeling for me because it felt like the author like really like includes everybody. Like I felt more included in like seeing this happening in the book or reading this happening in the book than I do like in any other series like and I texted you about it and I was like yeah teary-eyed and I was like I'm so happy (laughs) yeah yeah that was like a special part of the book for me I think yeah she does a good job with inclusion Mm -hmm. which is funny because I see so many conversations online of people who have clearly not read the books and they're like, everyone in the book is white. There's no BIPOC characters. Yeah. I'm all, what in the flying fuck are you talking about? Like most of them are not white. Right. Like, I think it's just Feyre and her sisters. And then everybody else is like me. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of turning the, the tropes on their head, um, you know, how she makes the females the heroes. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Lunar Chronicles. And I don't know if either of you have read that. But um, Marissa Meyer takes these, um, you know, fairy tales, Cinderella, Snow White, um, Little Red Riding Hood, and rewrites them where the female is the hero. And the the handsome princes are just like their sidekicks. Oh, that's which, so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's another great series if you're, if you're down to read. Yeah. It's a little more YA than, than Mass's books, but um, I think y, uh, Mass is a little bit more new adult. Even yeah, though- yeah. Especially book five. I yeah. would say that's hardcore adult and adults. It's like yeah. out of nowhere, it just became this. And they even got a whole new person to read it on the audiobooks <laughs> that you could tell has experience reading like smutty stuff. Oh, yeah. Which I'm so thankful for because yeah, she did a great job. It's the same narrator who does From Blood and Ash. And From Blood yeah. and Ash oh. is smutty. Yeah. I it's, it's real smutty. It's vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's like a 500 year old vampire oh, and she's okay. a teenage girl. But is she teenage? No, she's 19. Yeah. Teenage. Yeah, teenage. I mean, it's, it's the same thing, but I, my problem isn't even with the young girl falling in love with the old man. It's with the older man being so in love with her that he right. can't help hurting her. Right. And that's, that's just um, perpetuating the, like, I, I only do this because I love you or I love you so much. I can't help myself. I just yeah. I have personal disgust for that. Yeah. yeah. Just making abuse. Okay. Yeah, buying it. I mean, it's, if you can throw love in the mix, it's fine. I mean, that was sarcasm. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I that. 
it's just like validating narcissists everywhere. But I love you. Well, we were like before um, we started recording, Misty and I were talking about they're making a Hulu series. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know anything about this. So that's exciting. And I was asking her if they like have put out a cast or anything yet. There's a lot of speculation. Because <laughs> I definitely have some ideas. Oh, me too. I think that we need to do a whole podcast episode, though, where we just speculate on like who mm. they should or shouldn't cast and we can all argue about it. Yeah. Um. I mean, we're going to put Ian Summerhalder in there somewhere. He's going to be in our cast. I, I don't know. mean, he's so perfect for yeah. so many of them. Who is it? Ian Summerhalder. He played Damon in The Vampire Diaries. It was, Vampire he did a great job with like a very morally gray character. And he's super hot. Oh, this man. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. pretty. He is. He would be a great Azrael, right? Yeah, right. He needs to be real hot and real dark, mm-hmm. and real quiet, and real quiet. Yeah. So we definitely need to have an episode of just that for sure. I mean, we can talk about, I, I, I guess, some of the scenes that impacted us the most. Oh my god! In particular. Yes. So I can start when I was reading this. You know, like I've just been going through so much, just like in my personal life. It's like a relationship, um, you know, my marriage, like we've been together for a long time and like, you know, shit hits the fan and you go into weird places. Um, and I was reading the first book towards the end and I just started getting super emotional, like just crazy emotional. And then the second book, I had like kind of a nervous breakdown. Like I was like bawling all day, every day. And it wasn't even one particular scene. It was just kind of like just her just making these massive changes in her life throughout the book and like these friendships and just like finding this love that was like in such a healthy place. And like, I was like, I like went into therapy and I was like hysterically bawling to my therapist. And she's like, this is good for you. She's like, it's not like about mourning, like hardships. It's about knowing like where you want to go from here. Like this book is kind of like telling you like what you need inadvertently. And like, and what I needed was like, you know, to, to my friendships again, like I needed to reconnect with my friends and I needed to work on relationship stuff, um, with my partner, husband, whatever, um, And so it gave me kind of a roadmap of like what I wanted and needed, um, which is kind of funny to say, because there's like so much crazy shit happening in those books and Mm -hmm. the end and Mm -hmm. the second, but yeah, for me, like a lot of like the beginning, like the first book, like before she like leaves her family that, um, like those scenes where it's like her dad just kind of like gives up and like, she has to take care of her family and like she's taking care of her sisters and her sisters don't really like understand like the dynamic that like what happened to Feyre and like in her dynamic with her dad to where she's like having to be like the head of the household as like such a young person Mm -hmm. like that was really relatable for me and um yeah I and then like the whole at the end of the second book the comeback and it's like "Aw." aww you know yeah yeah yeah, I, I think I think almost any reader can kind of identify with that sense of unbelonging, whether mm-hmm. it's with the family or when she's introduced to a strange new world full of people that are different from what she's known. 
I mean, I, I think we all kind of feel that. Um, everybody feels like a little bit of an outcast at some point, I think. Yeah. And it's really like it, I feel like the, the theme of the book and like the feel good theme of it is really just like resilience. Oh yeah. Like just being able to like, just pack up and be like, all right, this is what's happening. So I got to like do this and do that. And like, you know, like she's still aware of herself and like what she's going through and her emotions. And she's able to share that with like the people that she loves, but at the same time, she just pushes forward and that's really hard to do. It is really hard to do. You get stuck. Yeah. And I, and I love that she doesn't just like pull up her bootstraps and like trudge out. Like she feels all the feelings and you watch her suffer and you watch how hard Mm -hmm. it is for her, but she does it. Um, and I, I agree. I think that that's, yeah. mm -hmm. And she's so resourceful too. Uh Like she like uses all of her surroundings to be like, you know, I mean, she's quick witted, like quick on her feet. Like she can get herself out of like some tricky situations, which is cool. Yeah. It is. And it's inspiring. What about you, Cynthia? I think like, like with anything you escape into fiction. One of the things that happened to me during the pandemic is that I stopped reading. I just wasn't into it anymore. I stopped hanging out with my friends, as you know, like I I would try to make a phone call every once in a while, but just emerge immersing yourself in friendships and in, and in, they say that people who read fiction have more empathy than other people. I don't know if that's true, but I think it's because we have this space where we can feel feelings big feelings, right? We can ball if we want to. And all we have to say is, oh, I'm reading a book. We don't, you know, mm-hmm. we can feel mad. We can feel frustrated. I and mean, how many times did I text you, Misty, and say, if somebody drags their hand through their hair one more time in this book, I'm going to put it across the room. <laughs> so <laughs> then, then I put it in my book a bunch. Yeah, she put it in her book. Her. <laughs> so so it's it's got to be in there. there. God damn you. That's awesome. But like all of those feelings, the, the um, suspense, all of the things that you're feeling, it's, it's a good outlet for it. And I think, um, just having that vehicle to reconnect with Misty as well, um, to be able to talk about some things that were a little bit, maybe we wouldn't just launch in and say, Hey, Misty, you know what? I realized that for the first part of the pandemic, I was uh, was fairly depressed, but I didn't realize it because I just uh, smiled all the time. You know, we can talk about it in a different way. And I think it, it just, it does kind of give you a vehicle for talking about things that are affecting you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, because there's just so many themes, like there, there's so much happening in the book. There's, um, just a lot of change, a lot of trauma, a lot of, um, resilience, a lot of, you know, family relationships, friend relationships, and it definitely gave us the opportunity to talk about things going on in our own lives that, like you said, we wouldn't just randomly start talking about. Like, like mm-hmm. Alex would not normally just text me and be like, you know, what makes me feel seen in life is when right. they, like, <laughs> um, you know what, I, I think we should change that. I think once a week, we should just text each other some random deep <laughs> thought about ourselves. <laughs> yes. I'm like the parentification in my family is problematic. <laughs> Um, I think it was also like, I mean, I'm sure it was kind of the same for you, Cynthia, but, um, like having Misty, like she was so encouraging for like, to like read it that it was like, she wanted to like, I mean, she was like reaching out to like connect with me that made me feel really special. And then on top of that, like being able to have like something so exciting to talk to her about, to like, kind of like reconnect. Like, I really enjoyed that part of it too. Like outside of just the reading. Yeah, absolutely. It gave me something to harass people to hang out with yeah, me about. I loved it because people don't harass me to hang out with me. I have to beg for invites. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Now that I, you're part of the Akatar clan now. Yeah. 
All right, guys, it looks like we're running out of time. I don't even know how that happened. It just flew by. But thank you so much, Cynthia and Alex, for joining me today to chat with y'all about ACOTAR. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Misty. Thanks, yeah. Alex. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to You're Gonna Be Great. You can always find episode notes and the transcript on the website, You're Gonna Be Great. Follow us on Instagram at You're Gonna Be Great to see what's next. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to share it with your friends or take a moment to leave a review. Thanks so much. See you next week. And remember, you're going to be great.